0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are back with another edition of Break Security. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, uh, demystifying cybersecurity careers for the month of October, which is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And today, we have our infamous Dr. Dan, who's on the base. Infamous. So hi to everybody, Dan?
2: Uh, How's everybody? you see my picture in the post office when you went to the post office.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dan, you know, people call me, they reach out, and they're like, yeah, we love Dan. So Dan, it's like you have your own thing going here. Um, So it's fun to have you back after I don't know how many weeks at this point. It's been, what, six months?
2: Almost (laughs) six months, yeah. Six months. And it seems like we just started yesterday.
1: It does. It truly, truly does. Uh, But people are still stressed out. People are still still struggling. Um, And so I know you and I were talking, and we talk about people in transition and the various challenges that they've had and some of your clients. And our kickoff question for today is going to be, how do you prepare to compete?
2: Uh. We we it's a great question because we thought of it, <laughs> you know. But but the question is the question it really is, what do you what do you do to prepare to compete? What tools do you bring to the workplace? What does your A game look like? Uh, and how do you make sure that you've ramped it up to your A game? And so the, the question is, Renee and I have talked for years about everybody having a toolbox. So when you go, when you think about transitioning, you want to make sure that you have all the tools that you need in that toolbox to do whatever you're preparing to do to help somebody protect their company from being penetrated or uh, being damaged to a degree that costs people a lot of money, emotion, and reputation. You know, one of the things is that we talked and, it, and I've used it. I, I don't know who sent it in, but I want to thank them. We said to them, what, what do you need to do? Uh, what keeps you up at night? And somebody said, well, uh, nothing. I sleep like a baby. I sleep for two hours. Then I get up and cry. Then I sleep another two hours and I cry. And I sleep another two hours and I cry. But what's not happening there is, is the CEO of the company is not up crying at night. So what do you do? What do you really provide for somebody? What, what, do you, what do you do for someone that helps them to conduct that part of the business? Now, we know we've talked a lot about people who really are at risk and don't know it. You know, it's like a kid running out in the street between cars. Um, they're not aware of the danger. You are. And so I think a lot of CISOs want to just scream to people, hey, wake up. You know but there's an ind- a couple of dynamics and what I help people do based on who they're talking to. It's not a uh, not a blanket uh, pre-can process. but when you can identify what penetration of the company means to an individual, you can market yourself based on that on that basis. But I have run into for years people who are really, really good at what they do. And don't know it. They don't know what they do well. Everybody on this call knows way more than they know that they know. But putting that into a package, putting that into a toolbox that you carry with you, then requires you to be able to persuade and influence somebody that what you do, that they need what they do. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. How How do you let them know they need you? Well, it can only be done by stories in some cases. So, uh, you know, what happens? I have a, had a client who uh, had a business in Australia, and uh, they found after a period of time that somebody was trying to steal a company. And they found out just by paying attention not to what they normally did, but what they needed to do differently. So it's talking differently, listening differently, and, and not – living on, on a bunch of myths that people are operating on today.
1: What do you think is the fastest way for someone to understand the myths or to to not be caught up in myths? Like so to your point, you said myths in particular and we talk about this often. Sure. And so they it may be a myth, but they believe it as truth.
2: Right, and that's because it's frequently reinforced by people who don't look at it from a different direction.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So how do you, how do you do that? Uh, frankly, uh, it, it involves what what Reginald says: having salesman skills. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I believe that it's it's having sales skills, knowing what somebody needs to do, knowing how to persuade and influence. But to do that, you really need to know what's important to the person you're talking to. Is the person you're talking to the person who has to sell your idea up within a company uh, or sell you up within a company? And for for people who know, I mean, cybersecurity to me is, is a mystery, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people, you guys know that most people don't even think about. So how do you get somebody to think about what's really important? How do You know, you, you don't talk softly to the kid who's running out in the street. You, you yell at him and you grab him by the scruff of the neck and pull him in from between the cars. It's nice to be gentle, but not, not uh, when somebody's life is a danger or their company. So how do we play this out? It's different for everybody. There's no two situations that anybody on this call is dealing with that are the same as somebody else's. It's all different. Everyone is different. But when you know the tools that you have in your toolbox and where they apply, uh, it becomes important to do that. So you may be a great salesman, but the point is, is that how do you persuade and influence somebody psychologically? A lot of people go in with their product they sell their product they sell their solution we have a solution for you well i believe it's important and it's proven to me with a lot of the people i deal with uh, who some people work with me privately to put this mistakes list together and it might sound crazy but uh there are mistakes that your clients have made your previous clients places you worked for before that they made before you ever got there had nothing to do with you. This is not mistakes you've made. This is mistakes other people have made. And what those mistakes cost them in money, emotion, and reputation. And my belief is that the more you can get yourself into the position strategically to sell the mistakes, the easier it is to get somebody's mind to change and do it in a way that you can embed commands in language. I mean, you can have somebody think about what you want them to think about when you want them to think about it, when you construct the the introduction correctly. right? And it has little to do with your product at that point. It has to do with what you want to accomplish. So if if you're a vendor, you're trying to sell a product, how do you differentiate yourself from your competition? I don't know until I see the whole situation. Basically, that's what I do. I work with individuals and companies on figuring this stuff out
1: so
2: that you have a memorable presentation that people will think about when you're not there.
1: So, Dan, you had some example. Typically, um, we've talked about the clients that you've had in the past and being able to provide um, them with... Helping to define the mistakes. Um, I know in the in the past you've had you have people from all different walks of life that come to you. Are there any mistakes that you can share um, that that would give people, these folks here an example of the types of mistakes um, people have made prior to sure. bring, the, bring their client bringing them on?
2: Sure, people. Uh- one of the biggest issues that we've talked about this before is is questions. People have a lot of questions. And A, when somebody has a question, usually, I don't know why this happens, but they always seem to ask the person who can't help them. They ask for public opinion, they ask for this, but people can't help them. And so it's having the right questions. I think that in with what I've learned about cybersecurity and working with some professionals in this field, that they have to be asking the right questions. So it's helping the person know what questions they need to ask.
1: Got it. Okay. So helping them understand what questions they need to ask. And then then when they find out, or when they develop the mistakes list, um, you know, without diving deep, what's next? Because I feel like people people have reached out to me behind the scenes, and they say they want to call you, and I don't know why they don't. I don't know. I guess you're intimidating them, Dan.
2: Am I really? Um, <laughs> I don't know what's
1: going on. <laughs> They're like, I really should call Dan. I'm like, you really should. Um, so in your you – well, know-
2: let Let's come back to what we talked about with – with the myths. And these are some of the mistakes that people make. The mistake is, is believing that the system that you're employing to move forward is valid and been validated, but really it's a myth. One is people talk about their 30 second elevator pitch. They're talking about, oh my God, I have to get my 30 second elevator pitch together. And I'm waiting for a call back from a guy who came on a call with me and started to tell me all about his business. Every aspect of his business put me to sleep. So I, I said, you know, that's okay, but if you want to get your message across to somebody, you have to tight, really tighten it up, and it has to be structured based on who you're talking to. So the 30-second elevator pitch is a myth because I believe psychologically you only have six seconds, and you have to deal with what, what, what gets in your way of, of persuading somebody that they need to work with you. Well, they may be embarrassed not to know all the stuff you're talking about or they may be intimidated by you. Uh, people think that today in, in marketing, you have to talk about the features and benefits of what you're doing for somebody, but that's not the way the brain works. People need to think about the way somebody's brain works and, and it works on the basis of skepticism reactance and inertia. They're skeptical about what you're going to say and skeptical can either work for somebody or against them. Uh, Reactance is they don't want to be sold and inertia is all the things they need to do to change from what they're doing to somebody else. So what I say to people about skepticism is I said, I'm going to give you some strategies here. I'm going to expect you to be skeptical, but I want you to control the skepticism. I want you to put out Put a date on the calendar for December 15th and try everything I'm going to show you up until that time and then become skeptical then. Uh, The other thing is, is that working backwards isn't critical. This is not goal setting, but everybody I work with today is in 2025 working backwards. It's much easier to close a prospect on your sale or on your services, if you can close them in 2025, than it is in 2020 or 2021. Yeah. Because people don't want to be out there looking backwards, wishing they did something. What gets in their way? You know, black swans, stuff that they don't expect to come in. And that's really what the penetration is for somebody with with cybersecurity. And what if people who are entertaining and retaining you don't realize what the risks are. I mean, this is not screaming fire in a, in a crowded theater. This is real stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people wing it. They're winging their presentation. Right. They're not taking whatever their product or their services is and tailoring it to the people they're talking to.
1: So Dan, a couple of comments here. Reginald says hit him with the wow factor and have him wanting more information. So it's a little bit about what you talked about. And then Roger says six seconds when you talk about the, you know, the 30 second elevator pitch when you say, you know, you only have six seconds.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that that's getting. See, one of the things that I do is I have an individual personal profile that I will send to anybody who sends me an email and asks for it. And what it does, it helps you profile the person you're talking to. What is it that they need to have happen? How they communicate with you? What makes sense? Uh, and and again, it, it comes back to what Reginald said before, that it's it's a wow factor. I, I believe the wow factor has has to come back and say what what's going to happen? What's the possibility if uh, if I don't hire Reginald?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What could possibly happen if I don't listen to them? And you don't have to talk about yourself. You can talk about other companies, other situations you've been involved in.
1: Or other situations that you've seen.
2: Uh, Seen, exactly. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are winging it. They go in with their presentation. They just wing their presentation. And winging works until a bar gets raised. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the bar gets raised and you don't see it. Or what really is in the way? I mean, you might have a great presentation, a great concept, but there's some person that's in the way that you either threaten or, you know, I'll give you an example. I just was talking to a company and they were trying to recruit a guy into this business group. And uh, they were, he was hemming and whoring about should I do it or not? And I said to him, I said to my friend, why don't you just uh, put him in charge of something? Well, the minute he put him in charge of something, the guy came right on board because he could run a part of the operation he wanted to. And what's not working within a company, it's, it's, it's hard to figure it out sometimes. But see, there's the cybersecurity talent that's necessary to do that job, but that's not all that's involved. It's like, you know, my professional football players will work On 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 field performance, but what gets in the way as much as anything else is the media. So they need to deal with the media. Media has nothing to do with football except they need to do it. They need to figure how to do that. You know, you have kids that are getting ready to go to school and college, and their their grades aren't what they should be. And parents say, study, 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 study. My approach was different. I said to the kid, I said, you know. Your parents don't make any difference here. He said, well, who makes a difference? I said, the college coach who wants to recruit you now, but doesn't know that you can stay eligible. See, I think that you folks all look beyond where you are. And I I said to Renee, and I I said to Chris when he was on a call, "Uh, you may look like you're here, but you're not here. You're someplace else. And you have to be in this business. You have to be somewhere else. So the person you're talking to is in 2020 sitting behind their desk. And what they don't want is to be looking backwards in 2025 wishing they used you. So how do you get somebody quickly from 2020 out to 2025? Use this language. Say, imagine for a moment that I give you a magic wand and you wave it, and you're in 2025. Tell me what it looks like. What does it look like? So now all of a sudden what you've done, it looks like a very simple statement, but you've given a person permission to do something they usually don't have permission to do. You've given a person permission to dream. This is not goal setting. Don't give me goals for 2025. Tell me what your imagination tells you about 2025. I just got off the phone with a guy who's a golfer. And uh, we talked about playing his home course tonight with his eyes closed, seeing every shot he makes, and empowering his subconscious mind to move in that direction when he needs to. And a lot of this stuff, Renee, and everybody that's listening is invisible. I've had three people today ask me how they could use this hypnotic strategy I have to improve their performance and their stress, stress management. And all somebody needs to do is go on my calendar, and call, and make it make an appointment to talk to me. First consultation is free.
1: It's easy. It's easy. And the 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 uh, the hypnotic strategy is it's unbelievable. It just takes you to a whole completely different place. Um, you know, it's in your head it
2: teaches you how to take yourself to a whole different place.
1: Yes, it does. This this
2: gives you the power to do what you need to do when you need to do it to control your stress and manage it. Correct. So it's not an accident that it happens, believe me.
1: Yeah, and these people like, you know, Roger and Reginald just said, "Wow." <laughs> they just <laughs> they, they're saying, "Wow." And I can say that that's how I felt when I first met you and started working with you um, and had you work with some of the clients that I've had and what have you over the years, because it is true, you know, language, uh, Roger says sick words matter. Um, the language that's used, being able to influence, um, influence without authority is a big one. Um, You know, Reginald says, how do you recover from the no?
2: Well, it it really, I I would wonder whether you anticipated the no before you got it. Uh, Because if you knew, I'm not saying it's your fault that you got the no. But I mean, a classic sales response to a no is try to rack up as many no's as you possibly can. No, 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 no. Because after the, a no, there's got to be a yes. But the po- question is, what is a no? Does the person really understand what you're proposing? Do they have the ability to understand? Are you talking to a recruiter or an interviewer who doesn't really understand what the person who's seeking your help needs? Renee and I have run into that for years. That they're recruiting. Right. Interview interviewers who had no idea what the guy at the top needed. So it, it it becomes so recovering from the no is it's uh it's lining up as many possibilities, and I would have to know more about what you're talking about with how do you recover from the no. I mean right after no, you could say next. <laughs> But again, if you're going, if you're winging it and just going in the traditional way to get a position or to transition, that's probably not the most effective way to do it. And I will guarantee and tell you that the people who are using what I do will never tell you about it. I had a client yesterday. Uh, who talked about, uh, talked about a family business and stuff that he was involved in and people he need, needed to persuade and influence. And wh- as we were finishing the call, I said, just to let you know, this call never happened. We never had this discussion. He said, good. And that's what people want to know. We never had this discussion. Right. Because there are people who have questions they want to ask. And they always seem to ask the person who can't help them. Uh, they ask that, you know, it, it's like I work with, uh, with a patent attorney and I said to him, I think that what you should do is you should get a T-shirt that says, don't talk to anybody.
1: <laughs>
2: you get an idea, you get an invention, you get a concept, don't talk to anybody. I mean, is it something valuable enough that you want to protect it? What do you need to do here? Right. So, but but it's it's uh, but each situation is different.
1: Dan, you made a point about um, something that I know comes up often when, especially when I hear from vendors. A lot of the times is not being able to talk to the right, not talking to the right person or not knowing that um, they need to get to a certain particular person. And they may think that one person is the decision-making factor, but it's somebody else completely different.
2: Right, well, I have a way for anybody who's in a sales position, who's going in as a vendor to try to sell into a company, uh, who has run up against every possible gatekeeper who's trained and paid to keep you out, keep you away, not to give you any information, not to give you any access to anybody. That's their job, and they are really good at it. But there's a way to go right past it without without a, a bump in the road. And and that way is by using this golf program that I have.
1: <laughs>
2: that you, I need to go plug this in. Hang on just a minute.
1: Well, I could talk a little bit about it. I've never been to the golf program, but... Um, Dan has a golf in the mind game program that he's been running for years and you end up taking strokes off your golf game without touching a club. And it's all, um, it is all uh, to help and, you know, refocus the mind. As you know, Dan is all about uh, mindset. Okay.
2: yeah. Uh, so here, here is the situation, is that I just got off the phone with a guy who said to me, golfers will pay anything to improve their golf game. Who are the golfers in the company? The CEOs, the people on the C-level, the people who use golf to entertain your clients, to develop business on a golf course. And there are people who are shut out of that, people who don't play golf. Well, this completely takes that piece out. Because on November 5th, we're doing a program at 4.30 in the afternoon to guarantee golfers three to six strokes of their golf game without touching a club. You may not play golf, but you may be trying to get into a company who, who plays golf. The guy who's battling to keep you out is probably not the golfer, but the guy who owns the company is. So what, what, would, what would happen if you could bypass everybody and get right to the top decision maker within the company? So let me tell you how this is going to work on November 5th. Uh, we already have 75 people registered for this program. Nobody says no to coming. Everybody who's using it is using to entertain their client. so they're going to call a guy they know, company they're trying to get into and they invite the CEO. The fact that here is there's no business pitches at this program at all. Nobody is going to pitch any business to anybody. So that will allow the people that you're inviting to bring other people with you. Now, this may not be for you who you're on this call, but there may be somebody in your company that wants to talk to me about this. And the best part about this, it has four letters involved in it. F-R-E-E. It's free. Nobody (laughs) has to pay to do this because it's sponsored by somebody. Now, you may have a company who wants to sponsor this and get in front of these 75. We're probably going to have about 180 people by the time we get finished with registering people. But if you contact me and just put golf in the subject bar of the email, I will send you back the invitations, both to register for yourself, to give it as a gift to somebody else. If your wife belongs to a place golf and if she belongs to a country club, or you want to get to that level of people, this is the way to do it because nobody says no to this program. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you how: when you call up a gatekeeper and you start to talk to the gatekeeper about your product, whatever it happens to be, or your service, whatever it happens to be, they are trained to say no, except if you mention the word golf. They, If you mention the word golf and if the C-suite plays golf, they will never hang the phone up on you, uh-huh. So, and and this is a way to try it out. Since it's free, you don't have to pay for it. Right. Run it in there and try it out and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Give me a call and I'll be happy to send you the information. Uh,
1: You know what, Dan? I'm going to post that up while we're here since we have, like, only a couple minutes left. Um, But I think this is a good way to end by posting up the – by posting this up,
2: do you have the links there?
1: Um, is it golf in the mind game?
2: Yeah, but I'll send you the whole the whole link where you can register right on the call. Okay. Okay. So wait and wait until I wait until we get off. Then I can get on my uh, screen here and send it up to you.
1: Okay. Cool.
2: And once again, you have my my phone. You know, fifteen minute free call. So tell me what's going on, what you need to have happen, and I'll see how I can help you. Pat, right. you can, you can and what I send you will also have my Calendly link in it. Just set up a Calendly link.
1: Oh Dan, this is fantastic. I was trying to send it while I'm here, but like you said, I'll just wait for you to provide the link, the exact link. Um yeah, yeah we'll wait for you to provide the exact link. So folks. It's Dan once again the program is the golf in the mind game program right Dan yep and
2: November 5th in the afternoon at 430 and it's free
1: November 5th in the afternoon 430 and free everyone's favorite word
2: and you can and you can offer that to anybody in your company who plays anybody who has family who play uh but the fact is is nobody will ever close the door on your face if you're talking about golf
1: that is the truth that is very very true dan so dan thank you so much for being here today
2: see you see you next week
1: we will be back next week folks if you have any questions i will put the i will put the link in uh the comments and in the chat afterwards But definitely come bring your questions, and we will be back next week with another Breaking Into Cyber Security and Mondays with Dan.
2: Thank you.
1: Bye.